Hey, Serial Progress Seekers, Ben Atkins here. And before we start today's show, I have a favor to ask. Don't worry, it's super simple. If you're enjoying the podcast right now, I'd love for you to pick out an episode that you love and share it with a friend that you think it could help. My goal with doing more episodes is to help as many people as we can and to reach as many folks as possible with all the good stuff that we do on the show. And we can help more people together. So if you love the show, share it with someone that you love. Okay, and now on to today's episode of the Serial Progress Seeker podcast. So it's 11.47 p.m. on a Tuesday night, and this podcast is going to come out on a Wednesday. And as I am getting ready to go to bed, uh, my brother sent a, a text to a group chat that I was a part of and had something that I thought was really interesting. He sent me a tweet from someone that was talking about the recent news of um, the Staples Center. For those of you who don't know what the Staples Center is, it's where the Lakers play. It's where the Clippers play. For a basketball nerd like me and my friend group, um, you know, it's it's a temple. <laughs> it's a place where great basketball gets played. Now, whether you're into basketball or not, this story is absolutely relevant to the purposes of what we're doing, I promise. So he sent me this tweet, and the tweet was this. Um, the Staples Center, as it has been known for a very long time at this point, uh, will now be known as Crypto.com Arena, starting December 25th. It's part of a 20-year agreement um, that is right now believed to be the largest venue naming rights deal in U.S. history. Um, and that's according to The Athletic. Uh, that may change at any point, but but there you go. So this news sort of puts me into a spot where I have to start telling this story. I have to start telling you what I've been doing in the background and what I've been doing with crypto and, and sort of what my mindset on cryptocurrency is. And of course, how this relates to all the things that we talk about all the time, which is freedom, which is, you know, living your life the way that you want to live your life. It's all about how are you positioning yourself to have the kind of lifestyle that you want and investing is a part of that. And so that's what we're going to do today. While <laughs> this is not investment advice, I have a lot of people asking me about crypto. I get text messages. I get emails. I get Facebook messages all the time about this saying, Atkins, what is this all about? What, what are You seem to be deeper into this than, than me. What is this all about? And so I wanted to take this opportunity to walk you through my Bitcoin strategy. This is by far not encompassing all of my cryptocurrency uh, or blockchain strategies or things that I'm doing. But what am I looking at right now that gets me uh, excited about Bitcoin? So today, that's what we're going to do. We're going to talk Bitcoin, what my strategy is, why you should not listen to me, because I would never give you financial advice and never suggest that you follow anything that I say. But I'm going to tell you what I'm going to do and what I'm doing right now and give you a little insight into my thoughts and my Bitcoin strategy. So let's dive in. Let's do it. So when I start hearing about uh, 
giant billion dollar companies like uh, the Staples Center, you know, the Lakers, the you know, the Clippers, the you know, folks that are you know involved in this. When I start hearing about these billion dollar organizations um, selling the naming rights to their arena to someone that is involved in cryptocurrency and their whole mission is to bring more people into the crypto world. I, I start to pay attention because it fits into something that I feel that I've seen coming for a while. And so if you don't know anything about Crypto.com, number one, I, I have to tell you, I don't do any business with Crypto.com right now. Not that I won't in the future, but full disclosure, I don't do any business with them. I do my cryptocurrency stuff elsewhere. Um, and we can get into that at another time. That's neither here nor there. But the, the whole point of kind of where I'm going with this and what I want to get to you is this this is a big deal. This is starting to tell us that we are going to be hearing even more about cryptocurrency in the next little bit. It's going to become a bigger part of our lives. If you happen to be watching certain sporting events lately, certain things going on, you maybe have seen a commercial with Matt Damon advertising for Crypto.com. So there's a lot of people that are starting to put uh, a lot more money into these types of organizations. We're in a completely different place than we've been the last little bit. So before I get started with this, I do have to tell you this, this, this entire podcast or anytime I talk about what I invest in, where I put my money, understand it's not financial advice. This is me telling you this now so that you don't go buy something and say, well, Atkins, you said to buy it and I bought it and I lost all my money. Uh, that is perfectly possible to happen if you listen to anything that I say and you should know that. So this is not financial advice by any stretch of the imagination. Now, that said, what this is, is me telling you kind of what my thoughts are on cryptocurrency, especially in this episode, Bitcoin. So let's talk about Bitcoin. If you're somebody that doesn't really know a whole lot about Bitcoin, um, what is Bitcoin? Where did it come from? So you have to understand, um, one of the big things that a lot of people um, that uh, have been in the financial world for a long time, that have been in the investing world for a long time, they, they the big thought is it's always a problem uh, and an advantage when there is a central layer of control, meaning there's a central bank, meaning there's somebody that, you know, you know, can say certain things that, uh, you know, manipulate the value of things rather than the value coming from market demand. So what happened in 2008 really was the huge catalyst for this. Not that this wasn't being, you know, thought of uh, for a long time beforehand, because if you do the history, if you go, you know, search for the history of Bitcoin, you'll find all kinds of projects that had some similar beginnings, but Bitcoin was the one that stuck. And it probably had to do with the fact that with what happened in 2008, when uh, a lot of our banks <laughs> all over the world got into trouble because um, they did some things that were not incredibly honest. Now, I don't want to give you any opinions on that. Just, you know, if you go back and watch movies like The Big Short, you do any research on 2008, maybe you were affected by the real estate market and the collapse uh, of 2008 and all the things that came with it. And if so, I apologize. I hate that. But for this story, I want you guys to understand that Bitcoin came out of that era. So right around uh, August 2008, as we were kind of going through the throes of this, um, the name Bitcoin.org was registered. So Bitcoin.org was registered. You know, that's not a word that's in the <laughs> everyday vernacular before then. So this is a, a moment to note. Uh, a little bit later in the year, uh, October 31st, um, which is fun, Halloween, right? And we, we see this paper um, titled A Peer-to-Peer -peer Electronic Cash System. And it's by someone called Satoshi Nakamoto. Now, for those of you that don't know, we don't know who Satoshi Nakamoto is. It could be one person. It could be several people uh, together. But this paper was posted on a cryptography mailing list. And so it was posted up. 
And basically what happened, the paper detailed how you could put together a peer-to-peer network, meaning there wasn't a central layer of control. This is people, you know, talking to each other. And the idea was that you could have uh, transactions and money that wasn't regulated with a global bank. It wasn't a a system that was controlling. There was no central system. It was all decentralized. And so this was put together. And as this was put together, um, as it came out, uh, (laughs) it came out around October 31st, 2008. By January 3rd, 2009, uh, the Bitcoin network came into existence. So right at the beginning of 2009, we see the Bitcoin network come into existence. And at the time, there's not much going on. I mean, this is very early on. This is only a bunch of super, super nerds. You couldn't go buy this stuff anywhere. Um, You could trade it using the Bitcoin network, but there wasn't a whole lot that you could do with Bitcoin in the beginning. Um, Now, a couple of key things to know. We don't know who Satoshi Nakamoto was. We know some of the people that were involved in the early days of Bitcoin that could be Satoshi, could be part of the group of people that are Satoshi. That's neither here nor there. But the idea is, once this was put into being, once Bitcoin started coming out, um, it could have very easily just died on the vine. I mean, absolutely, it was not anything that had any sort of critical mass in 2009. It was not something that was pushed by a lot of people, it was pushed by a small group of people, but there were a lot of people that really, really believed in Bitcoin. Okay, so I'm not here to tell you the history of Bitcoin. You can go look this up. But what I do think is really interesting is why this whole conversation is relevant to us. Right now, it's relevant to us because if you're listening to this podcast, you are someone that is looking for more freedom. You're looking for uh, freedom of where you work, how you work, how you make money, how you spend your money. And that's where this comes into being. So what I want to explain to you is you have a lot of people out there that uh, have bought Bitcoin. You maybe sold some Bitcoin. So maybe you haven't done any of this yet. Uh, but the idea is it's really interesting to start out with looking at Bitcoin as an investment. Okay. Now, I can't really technically say it's an investment. Most people would say it's speculation and gambling right now. That's okay. Uh, look at all of the things for the last 10 years that what has been the market return if you put 100 bucks into them, um, and then look at Bitcoin. And we're we're around 10 years in, a little over 10 years in now with Bitcoin. And what I'd like to do, I don't really want to tell you the good news about Bitcoin every year uh, since it's been into existence. I want to tell you about the low points of Bitcoin since it's been into existence. So I'm going to read off a few years for you here. And this is what starts to sort of give you the story of why I get excited about Bitcoin. So let's just start like in 2012. 2012, remember Bitcoin starts out um, 2008, 2009. It takes a couple of years to sort of kick around, get more people involved. And then we start really tracking this stuff uh, then, then a few years after this. And 2012 Bitcoin is the low price of the entire year. The low price is around four bucks. Um, the price, low price in 2013 is around 65 bucks. The low price in 2014 is around 200 bucks. The low price in 2015 is around 185. So it was a little less than 2014, but it hadn't lost a ton of value overall. If you're looking at the at the low of the year, we're not looking at the high. Keep in mind, we're looking at the low. 2016, 365 bucks was the low price that year. 2017, the low price was 780 bucks. 2018, 3200 bucks. 2019, 3350. Uh, 2020, the low 
was four thousand dollars. Now, if you if you get into this, you, you got to look at where we're at with two thousand twenty one, which is we're at the end of two thousand twenty one right now. The low price was actually the very beginning of the year, which was um, right around twenty nine thousand dollars. Yeah, it's quite a jump from there to there. But the point that I want to get across to you is this: if you look at the wild swings that Bitcoin has had from up to down, the big losses here and there, it's easy to think that. Oh my goodness, this is something that is a wild, wild thing. But if you look at the pricing over time of Bitcoin, that's where things start to get really interesting as as you're looking into this. And so this is where we get into um, where I see the opportunity for myself. And maybe maybe you can uh, maybe you'll just enjoy this story. So I believe for a long time that I missed the boat with Bitcoin because I had people telling me about this way back in 2013, 2014. I bought a little bit, lost some of it because of you know certain situations that were going on. Wasn't a big deal at the time, but there's been plenty of times in the last couple of years where I thought, man, I missed out on Bitcoin. Maybe you're one of those people that you're listening to this right now like, oh man, I'm so behind. I'm so behind on this thing and, and I've already missed out on the opportunity if I had just invested back then. And, and listen, that's in my head when I had that thought um, – I really believed, I really believed that I had missed out. But then I started really looking at things and I thought, you know, what if, what if right now we're still very early? Now we're very early with all cryptocurrency, but like what if Bitcoin were still super early? You got to think the thing about Bitcoin is it's special because it's decentralized, meaning there's no central governing body, which also scares a lot of people in terms of them wanting to invest in it. But one of the the other things that's really big about it is it has a finite supply. So you got to think a lot of people think gold is very valuable and we establish valuable with gold because with gold, we think it's rare. Whether it's rare or not, there's probably more gold somewhere in the universe, but it, it's rare because we think it's rare and we haven't found much more, right? I mean, we've, we've got a finite supply. At least we think we do. That's what's been marketed to us. With Bitcoin, it's actually a provable finite supply. There's only ever going to be so much Bitcoin in the world. Okay. And this, this is super, super key. There's 21 million Bitcoins that will ever exist. Now you can break those Bitcoins down into pieces, but there's only 21 million that are going to ever exist. And now keep in mind, it was the first cryptocurrency. It's got the best marketing now. It has no one central superstar. So, you know, even though we have a Satoshi Nakamoto, we don't know who that is. It's just something that is slowly built up steam over time. And while you think you may have missed the boat, what's interesting to me is I don't think so. I think we are still like, I think we're going to see lots of highs, lots of super lows. We're going to see some winters where it's like it dropped a lot. It's not moving. But I think what's coming is really interesting. And so what I actually believe the big opportunity with Bitcoin is, is this. I think right now, for a lot of people, they've heard this word for a while, this Bitcoin word, and they think that maybe they missed out because they've heard this for a while. And they think, oh, it's, you know, the price is so high now because maybe it's, you know, out of their range. But what I want to kind of get across to you is this. As of right now, we are at a very low percentage of the human population that is actually invested in this. If you, if you really think about it, we got about uh, 22% of the adult population in America um, that own a portion of Bitcoin, like some sort of portion of Bitcoin, okay? Now, what's really interesting is is 51% of Americans uh, were surveyed in May 2021, uh, and this is, uh, this is a survey that was done um, through Editor's Choice. Uh, but 
during the survey, 51% of Americans in May 2021 had bought cryptocurrency the first time, their first cryptocurrency within the last 12 months. And so you're starting to see this increase in awareness, this increase in opportunity. So there's two big things that I think are a giant opportunity and why I think we're still very early with Bitcoin and why I think Bitcoin over time, not to say that it's not going to go way up, way down. Basically, I would never spend any money on Bitcoin or any cryptocurrency that I couldn't afford to lose. By the way, I don't want to lose it, but I couldn't, you know, I would not spend any money investing money that I could not afford to lose. It's the same thing with the stock market, by the way. I don't invest anything that I couldn't afford to lose. But even if you're investing a little bit, you know, at a time, which is kind of, I just try to put a little bit back every so often into Bitcoin. These are the two opportunities that give me um, an interesting look at this. I think there's two big things that make me want to continue to buy Bitcoin. Of course, I buy other cryptocurrencies too. I, I'm deeply interested in this from the perspective of serial progress seekers and, you know, how we do business, how we make money, how we invest. But there's here's the two things. The first thing is, I don't think we've even come close to mass adoption. I mean, that's that's simple. You know, the numbers I just read you from the survey, you know, out of the entire world, uh, as of right now, about 106 million people are, are into cryptocurrency. That's, that's a small, small percentage of the planet. So we're not at a, what we would call a mass adoption event. And the reason we're there is the technology to buy this stuff to use this stuff on a daily basis is not where it needs to be yet. Now, it is easier than ever to buy a Bitcoin. You could literally go to your phone right now. You could go to an app like Coinbase or Gemini, and you could download the app. You could connect your card or your bank account, and you could go buy some Bitcoin or other cryptocurrencies right now. That, that's not incredibly difficult at this point. It used to be much harder to buy Bitcoin. But the idea is, is that it's still sort of scary for a lot of people. This is the same thing that we used to see back in uh, the early 2000s uh, with people wanting to shop online. Uh, this is why something like Amazon took 10, 15 years to come to fruition into what it is today. We're not at that mass adoption event yet. The technology is not quite where it needs to be for the world to jump onto this. And let me tell you, when the world jumps onto this, I think we're going to see... Uh, the rarity of Bitcoin start to shine. Now, that's the first big you know, signal for me that this is something that I want to be a part of. The second thing that sort of really hits me is this, is big institutions really haven't been allowed to invest in Bitcoin yet. Now, what I mean by that is think about like all the retirement funds, like your firefighters, your police officers, your teachers, you got to think, and a lot of people don't think about this every day, but a lot of those retirement funds are built by investing in the stock market. And the stock market, as you get returns back, build up those funds, which in turn fund the retirement of the people that are a part of those funds, that have contributed to those funds for a long time. Because Bitcoin is still considered to be a volatile thing, we've not really seen the big institutions invest in it yet. And when that happens... When those institutions are allowed to invest because we start to see greater trust in these things and they see the advantages of, you know, the kinds of, you know, things that they could uh, they could make with this. And, and if you do the numbers between something like cryptocurrency right now and stocks over the last few years, the numbers are pretty staggering as to why cryptocurrency is winning. Um, but a lot of people still aren't investing because they see it as super volatile. 
it will not be volatile or as volatile, um, in my opinion, once we hit, number one, the mass adoption events, which lots of people just streaming in, and number two, when big institutions are allowed and start investing uh, in a big way. Now, what's going to happen with this is because you have new people coming in at a mass rate, you're probably going to see the scarcity of Bitcoin start to really play into the price of Bitcoin. And so as you start to see the volatility go down, my guess is that, and this is just a guess, by the way, my guess is that the value is going to be much, much greater than what we are dealing with right now. And so buying a portion of Bitcoin might be the only thing at that point that anybody can afford uh, rather than a whole Bitcoin. So that's what I'm paying attention to. Once again, not financial advice, but I want you guys to know what's going through my head and what I'm sort of positioning myself for. Now, I, I got to say this. Um, I've not been someone that's invested in Bitcoin over the years. This is not something that I was just building up, building up, building up. I'm not doing this podcast because I'm a huge holder of Bitcoin. I hold a lot of different cryptocurrencies. I'm interested in, in the technology. And so I want to support the technology. But also I see uh, the ability to do some cool things uh, financially with it. But with Bitcoin, there is something going on right now. And people are moving into position. And that's what I'm doing. I'm moving myself into positions so that when we see one of those two things that I just talked about, that possibly we're going to be in a really good spot. And so my strategy is simply this. Accumulate Bitcoin uh, a little bit at a time. I've got a little extra money to go around, put it into Bitcoin. I know with Bitcoin, it's going to go up. It's going to go down sometimes. Uh, and I've been here for this already. It goes way down. And you have to sit that out. Where a lot of people so far have lost a lot of money with cryptocurrency is, is when they didn't have any patience and they sold it as it was going down. Um, they didn't wait around and treat it as something that you buy and hold on to for a long time. So I'm going to wait for the dips. I'm going to buy more as the dips come. As the dips come and I've got some that I've invested, I'm going to hold. I'm playing a 5 to 10 to 20 year game with Bitcoin. And I also fully believe, just as an aside at the end of this, that at some point in the very near future you're going to be able to borrow money because uh, it's already happening, by the way. You can already do this on a lot of the apps. You can borrow money using Bitcoin as leverage um, rather than you know your house, things like that. You can, buy bit, you can actually buy Bitcoin, and once you have Bitcoin in place, you can borrow money against that. So you could actually fund things like you could buy a house, you could buy a car uh, by getting a loan, by putting your Bitcoin up uh, for, you know, up for collateral and not actually have to sell your Bitcoin. You could you know, go pay this stuff back with you know, money from your job, but instead of having to go to a bank, you could actually borrow money by leveraging your cryptocurrency. And I think this is going to be the other big explosion is when people start to realize this is a huge thing. And so there you go. Um, I believe very, very soon, uh, and when I say very, very soon, I think you know, in the next five years, we're going to see a mass adoption event with the general public. I think that's going to be a catalyst for Bitcoin. I also think that big institutions are going to start to be allowed and be more comfortable with investing and putting money into Bitcoin, especially if they're doing long-term investing. And I think that that's going to also be a catalyst for it, which is why I'm putting myself in a position. And I know right now, because of uh, the nature of Bitcoin, that very soon I'm going to be able to borrow money against it too. And basically keep my cryptocurrency, but use it as leverage to get loans and, and not have to go through a bank, literally get loans from someone else out there that wants to put up their money and get interest on their money uh, just because they're giving out uh, <laughs> loans to people 
And they know if those people don't pay the loan back that they can take their cryptocurrency as leverage. So it's a very, very exciting time. All right. So right now, what you just got is sort of my um, thoughts off the top of my head here on a Wednesday morning now. It's no longer Tuesday night. It's Wednesday morning. And like I said, don't listen to my advice. (laughs) This is not financial advice. I have no idea what I'm doing with it. It's just like anybody out there that says they do. They don't know what they're doing with uh, this stuff. But, you know, to be really honest, unless you're gaming the system, uh, a la the stock market, that I think that happens, uh, you don't know. You don't know. And with the beautiful part about something like Bitcoin is it is decentralized. And at the volume that it gets traded at, it's a lot harder to game that system than even something like the stock market. So it's one of those things that those of us that are putting ourselves in position, we are waiting for the catalyst for it to grow even further over the next 5, 10, 20 years. We're doing it because we believe in the technology. We believe that it's going to be an important part of our culture. And we believe that holding it um, is an even greater investment than something like gold right now. So there you go. I hope you enjoyed this deep dive into my brain. Once again, not financial advice. Did I get that disclaimer in there enough times? Yeah, I think I did. So not financial advice. But if you enjoyed this, do me a favor. Follow me on Twitter. It's at Ben Atkins. You can find me. It's B-E-N-A-D, with like, like a dog, A-D-K-I-N-S. Follow me on Twitter. I post a lot of my thoughts about this stuff there. Um, and like I said, leave me a review on the podcast. If this is something that helps you, something that gave you you know, a little bit of extra um, insight into how you can have a little more freedom in your life. Leave me a comment on the podcast as a review. Subscribe. It's always a big deal. Subscribe. And you can also find show notes at serialprogressseeker.com. We update that pretty quickly when a new show comes out. Okay. So all that said, uh, if you need any more extra on this and you want to do a little bit of your own research, I did a podcast a few shows back where I reviewed the three books that really got me a great foundation in crypto. Jump back, listen to that, and I promise it'll be something that uh, goes really well with this one and probably a lot of the future ones that we do where we're going to talk cryptocurrency and kind of where my head is on all those things. And of course, this cryptocurrency, this investing stuff goes right with all the fun marketing, all the fun, you know, run your business from a backpack stuff that we always do. So I hope you enjoyed it, and I will see you next time. Thank you.